This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to a very special edition of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rinkin, and I am your host for today's MVP show. And it's going to be a little different because usually I have a full show, but this in particular is so important that it's going to be its own little segment, and we're going to post it by itself because I have Brian Billick from FutureSox.com with me tonight. And we're going to talk some White Sox because there's a lot of White Sox news going on. So this is very special. I hope you enjoy it. Quick note, you should become a patron. Go to Patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast and donate a couple bucks. You know, it helps us produce fantastic content for you and you get exclusive stuff. So think about that. If you want to join, fantastic. We appreciate it. If not, it's okay. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod, as well as Snapchat. Follow me at Rankin906, and I hope you enjoy this interview. All right, now I'd like to take the time to introduce my guest for this show, and boy, I wouldn't want anybody else coming on behind the pen to talk White Sox baseball at this point. My man, Brian Billick from FutureSox.com. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianBillick underscore. He's got everything you need to know about White Sox baseball. Brian, thank you for taking the time. Mike, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to join you, especially after uh, you know a nice first day of the draft for the Sox yesterday. Absolutely. We're going to touch on that, too. But first, got to start with the, I guess, more exciting news that went down with the White Sox, especially since the top prospect just got called up. And they made three offseason signings, late, late offseason signings, Latos, Austin Jackson, and Jimmy Rollins. Now, Latos and Rollins are both DFA. They're gone. And now Austin Jackson's hurt. And we'll touch on that in a little bit. But in the wake of the Rollins DFA, we finally get a chance to see Tim Anderson. And the last time you joined me, you were excited about Anderson. You actually said that he would come up at some point of the season. Are you kind of surprised that he's up this early in the beginning of June? You know, following the Sox League uh, specifically, you're never surprised when they move someone quickly. Um, You know, I would have thought it would have been more towards September. But uh, just just the way they signed Jimmy Rollins, I mean, they didn't sign him for a lot of money. It was a cheap contract. He, he is a guy that last year performed as someone who, you know, is replaceable in a sense. And, and, and I, he was even worse this year than he was last year. So I think uh, there's definitely there's definitely reason to believe that they're going to get uh, improvement out of the production at that position. Um, you know, I think Tim Anderson, watching him go from each affiliate, he does struggle at each affiliate. He still has to catch up. I mean, these pitchers aren't going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to be the AAA pitchers he was facing uh, these last few months, and they're certainly not going to be like the pitchers he's been facing in, in, in the levels of all that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle in the beginning, but I think the Sox know he's going to take some time to adjust, and they're going to give him that time, and, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the year he's, uh, you know, a plus contributor at shortstop. Another move that they decided to make within their rotation is to get rid of Latos, and, you know, Latos started the season very well. And it was obvious that, I mean, he would have to come back to Earth at some point. And so in the wake of his DFA, they called up another prospect that White Sox fans are pretty excited about, and Tyler Danish. What can you tell me about Tyler Danish? Well, you know, everybody's surprised about Anderson. I, I wasn't surprised about Anderson. I am very surprised about, about Tyler Danish. Um, you know, I had the fortune to interview him uh, probably just before the season started. Or no, just, just about a month ago I, I uh, interviewed him. And he's a guy, he's got a strange arm action, kind of three-quarters delivery with a lot of the top half, uh, a lot of the velocity coming from the top half. 
He does, he's a fastball slider, cutter, and, and a changeup. And he, he's a guy that struggled to get left-handed hitters out. He's a guy that most scouts see as a reliever, although he's been starting for a long time. And I think this, this is probably going to be a temporary call-up, and, and, and I don't have any inside information on it. That's just my opinion. Uh, just because the Sox, you know, they had Latos get shelled in his last start. Uh, James Shields got bounced early in his first start for the Sox. So they might need a guy who goes two or three innings and, and kind of saves the rest of the pen some work. And, and I think he's a guy who's, uh, you know, unorthodox enough and, and a guy that the league doesn't have a book on. So he can kind of come in and, and maybe give you a, a few a few good, good innings and uh, save your pen for the week. You brought up James Shields and that move that Rick Hahn made and I mean, it was a move that was pretty much necessary because he's an upgrade over, at the very least, Latos and Danks. And essentially, you pick up two and a half years remaining on his contract. And the positive thing is the Padres get to pay more than half that salary. So that's kind of a win. But it's kind of like the White Sox made their free agent acquisition in June, if you know what I mean, because they're investing so much of their payroll in Shields. They gave up Eric Johnson, young pitcher. Stay with the White Sox for a while. It didn't really pan out. And international prospect, a young player. So I guess the deal wasn't too bad. But what do you think of this James Shields trade? Well, I, I heard about the trade before anyone else had, just because it was my friend who actually broke it. So that, that was uh, pretty cool for me. And, and, and he came to me and he said, you know, what do you think of Shields? And I said, you know, I really don't hope the Sox are trying to get him. Because I knew how much money he had last night at deal. I knew he was a guy that uh, has a tendency to to let up five balls, and I knew that's not going to translate well over to the American League and the U.S. cellular field. Mm-hmm. That being said, when I when he told me the cost of Eric Johnson and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I told him, you know, this 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 rumor is legit. Your guy's legit because nobody knows who Fernando Tatis Jr. is, and uh, I know the Sox. You know, they they didn't really think highly of Eric Johnson over uh, the last few years. So I think they, they give up very little in the way of prospects, even if Eric Johnson goes to the National League and finds himself like many American League pitchers do. I know uh, your, your Cubs can definitely attest to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I don't think they give up a lot, and I think the amount of money that they gave, the, the Padres gave the White Sox, uh, is, is good risk diversification tool for the Sox. And if you look at the free agent class this, this offseason, Rich Hill is uh, yes. headlining the starting <laughs> pitchers. So even if the Sox, you know, are, are out of it this year and they want to regroup and, and go for it again this next year, not that the Sox are out of it, um, I think they got a guy that they could slot that back in the rotation. He, he might be susceptible to giving up bombs, but he's gonna he's gonna give it everything he got, he, everything he's got, and, and uh, you know he's a guy that's thrown 200 innings for uh, nine nine seasons in a row. So with uh, with the free agent class coming in and the Sox need for starting pitching, I, I think it's 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 gonna be a good move, even though Shields you know, looked so poor the other day. Right. I think that was absolutely a good good move, and I think you touched on a lot of important points there. And obviously Shields isn't going to be that terrible the last, his last two starts. So, that I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It happens. But, yeah, going forward, I think the Shields move will, will essentially be a win. But a lot of moving parts going on with the White Sox roster and another signing that they ended up making, and I'm actually surprised this player was available for this long, but... Justin Morneau signed on a one-year contract, and I know he's injured and probably won't be able to join the team until maybe July, but what do you think about this signing? Well, I, uh, I uh, helped run a message board, and one of our posters yesterday, about an hour before the deal came, said the Sox are going to sign Justin Morneau, and they're like, yeah, sure, you know. And he's like, no, they're going to sign him, and it's going to be released today. Sure enough, it, it comes up uh, 
five minutes later that, that they signed him. And, and what he said was that this is something the Sox are doing uh, just just in case that they're not able to get the, the bat that they want uh, via trade. You know, the Sox are very active in the trade market. They're going to be in on every uh, left-handed bat in particular. But every, every premium bat that's going to be out there, the Sox are going to be checking in and uh, trying to acquire. But I think it, it just more no, he did uh, he did very well last year. He had over 300. He had, uh, you know, over 800 OPS. But he did play in Colorado. His stats do look good on the road. Um, so, you know, that kind of pulls away from that call, or that Denver effect. But I think, uh, you know, for a million dollars, I mean, that's, that's a pittance in the American League and, or in, in the major leagues. And I, I think uh, it, it's definitely a risk worth taking. Uh, you know, I'm certainly of the belief that if you're going to bring a guy in for a million dollars with a track record like his, uh, you, you can't lose on that deal as long as you uh, cut bait on him if he doesn't have it, you know. But he's Abs- got some rehab yep. to do, and it's, as, you, as you said, it's going to be uh, you know about a month or so before he can contribute. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, he might be better than maybe three-quarters of their, not three-quarters, that's kind of a stretch. But, you know, he, he's a solid bat, and he's still got some production left in, in his game. So, yeah, I liked it, too. I thought it was a very smart signing, at least to have a left-handed bat. You don't have to go searching. But let's talk about some injury concerns that the White Sox are dealing with now. And there, there have been a couple blows to the bullpen, one not as major and one that kind of really sucks. Because Patricia, he's out for the year, and Daniel Webb needs Tommy John surgery. And on top of that, your starting center fielder, who's been very good, especially defensively, Austin Jackson has a torn meniscus in his knee, and it looks like he might miss some extended time. What can the White Sox do? Because I know they brought up Jason Coates. What can the White Sox do in the meantime, especially in the bullpen, to overcome these kinds of injuries? Well, the bullpen, I, I think Jake Patricia really hurts, and, and a lot of fans aren't, aren't the biggest fans of uh, the biggest fan of him and you know I, I'm certainly you know not Patricia's biggest fan but what he brings uh, a lot of times doesn't show up it doesn't show up in the stats he's a guy that the Sox know they could call uh, even though he threw the day before even through, even though he threw the two days before he's got a rubber arm and, and I think Robin Ventura has leaned on him uh, you know the last few years even with varying results uh, Daniel Webb, you know, he's probably, you know, the 10th, 11th guy in the bullpen. And, and, and you know, you, you hate to lose that depth. But, uh, you know, it, it brings uh, it brings the Tyler Danish uh, call up back because, you know, the Sox need to go to double-A because they had so many injuries, um, you know, both the Mer- uh, with the Major League Club and the Triple-A Club. Uh, but t- touching on Jackson, I think that one really hurt. You know, obviously the Sox have been scuffling in, in that Detroit series was uh you know it was terrible for, for fans to watch and the Sox were without Melky Cabrera and they were without Austin Jackson and you really saw you know losing those two guys at once it, it made a big difference and JB Shuck filled in in center field and uh you know I'm sure he gave it his best but the results weren't there uh he's not a center fielder he shouldn't be out there so I think this might expedite the process of the site the White Sox looking to pick up an outfielder whether that's Jay Bruce, whether that's uh, Reddick, whether that's Carlos Beltran, Brett Gardner. You know, these teams got to figure out if they're contenders or not. And, and if the Sox are one of those teams that are contenders, they're going to be looking to take an outfielder from one of these teams that aren't. I think ultimately what we're going to be seeing is Adam Eaton shifting back to center field with, with a bat moving into the right field spot. Yep, definitely. I think that's a very legit possibility. You know what? You contribute to future Sox and what future Sox does is really focus on the White Sox prospects and their farm mm-hmm. system this draft now we're going to talk about some draft picks here because I I personally like they have the 10th pick and the 26th pick in the first round and I 
I gotta say, I, I, I like the moves that they made. Let's talk about two of those guys. Zach Collins, catcher out of Miami, and Zach Birdie out of the Louisville. He's a guy, Birdie, who touches triple digits sometimes. Do you think, now, th- is this out of the question, do you think the White Sox can bring up Birdie maybe by September? I think you'll see Birdie in a White Sox uniform this year for sure, yes. But, uh, you know, the Sox are very happy with the way the draft went. Uh, the Sox are a, a team that very rarely leaks what's going on in their head, very rarely let other teams know uh, what they want to do. But that being said, after the fact, they let me know Zach Collins was the guy they wanted at, at pick 10. And you, and you saw a guy in Kyle Lewis who was supposed to go on those top three, four picks, and he slipped, and he was available when the Sox picked that 10. You saw guys like Rutherford, who, who was a top five talent, and he slipped as well. The Sox wanted Zach Collins. They think he is the absolute best bat in the draft, and they think he's going to be a quick mover and move in the way that, that uh, Kyle Schwarber and, and, and Michael Conforto have. And, and uh, then the, touching on Birdie, you know, I, I definitely think he's going to be in the league this year. I think he could pitch in the bullpen right now. I don't think the Sox are going to, you know, make him make that jump. But this is, uh, you know, maybe the best college reliever in terms of a scouting profile we've seen in a, in a few years. Uh, he's from Downers Grove. He is a family friend of, of uh, you know, my dad's best friend lives in my, uncle, my uncle's neighborhood. So uh, I'm definitely excited because, I, you know, I got the connection to him. They're very excited in Downers Grove to have him, uh, you know, join the White Sox. But he, he's a guy, him and Collins are, are essentially going to contribute, I think, Birdie in 2016 and, and, and Collins next year. And, and, and you, you know you're going to get some value out of the draft with both of those guys being sure major leaguers. But then what I like is the risk diversification of taking a guy like Alec Hansen at 49. Because if, if you and I were talking on this podcast a year ago today and you said who's going to be you know, the number one pick in the draft next year, I would tell you, well, right now it's, it's, it's looking like it's Alec Hansen. And the guy had a very tough year, but at the same time, he's got a power arm. He's six foot seven. He's got a lot of you know, mechanical stuff that's, that's a little tougher for him to deal with at, at that size. And uh, Don Cooper and Kurt Hasler, the White Sox pitching coordinator, they see some things that, that need to be adjusted in his delivery, and, and they're going to attack that. And uh, I think the White Sox you know, could potentially come out with a, with a big steal at 49 if all goes well without Hanson. Awesome stuff, man, as always. Now, as I end this interview, i got to ask you, now, your opinion. How much value does a manager have on his ball club? Because obviously they're in charge of creating an atmosphere and managing. Well, I mean, it's a Robin kind of lets his players police the clubhouse. Now, is it up to him to cre- create this chemistry and mesh? Or what, what do you think the value of a manager is? Because people are calling for the head of Robin Ventura. Now, me personally, I don't know how, much, how many wins that'll change the White Sox this season. Uh, what do you think? I'm not a big believer in the idea that, that managers have this, you know, drastic effect on the outcome. Um, you know, just to, just to, in, a, in simplicity terms, they, there's five managers who are very good in the, and they affect the clubhouse, they affect the, the chemistry and all that. And there's five that are very bad and they're tactically flawed and, and they make some bad decisions. And then there's 20 that are just, you know, whatever. And I think, I think Robin's in, in those 20 in uh, those 20 managers, for whatever reason, is the fans on the south side, you know, they cannot stand him. Uh, they, they want him out. Uh, I typically choose to stay away from those conversations just because, you know, it's amazing the Sox could get blown out 11-1 to 1 with their bats being silent and their pitchers being off, and it's, it's still Ventura. Right. I, don't, I don't subscribe to that ideology. I think, you know, it's been so bad here the last month that, you know, there was, there was 
merit to the idea of firing him. But, you know, I, I really don't carry their way. The players got to perform. You know, they're brought here to execute. If they don't, uh, you know, perform to the percentiles that the front office is expecting them, two things aren't going to go, uh, you know, the way the White Sox fans wish. Ultimately, um, I don't think there's an issue in the clubhouse. I think, uh, you know, any players that had issues with Robin Ventura are no longer on this roster. Um, and those aren't the guys that got released earlier. I think, you know, those are guys that were released in years past. I think the White Sox players like playing for him. Veterans love Robin Ventura. Uh, and they're, they say that on the record, and they say that off the record. So I, th- I think, uh, you know, if the White Sox put it together and, and they allow, uh, you know, Chris Sale and Jose Quintana to really anchor this team, you know, they're, they're going to be all right, you know, whether it's Rob Ventura at the helm or, or you know, Rick Renteria or, or Aki Gian for that matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. The, the players got to execute. The players got to, you know, earn their salaries, and that's what it comes down to. Very well said. Once again, Brian Billick for Future Sox, thank you so much for taking the time. Lots of White Sox moves going on. Wouldn't have anyone else jump on and talk to me about everything. Once again, man, thanks a lot. Thank you for having me on. We'll talk soon, brother. That was Brian Billick from futuresox.com with excellent content as always. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you have to go right here. Mostvaluablepodcast.com has all your sports content needs, whether it's football, NBA, college sports, anything, even some video games. You know, you like video games? Check us out. Go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us at Most Valuable Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.